Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. We have crossed that uh, 400 episode mark and we are going strong. My goal with this podcast is to bring you really interesting interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, people who said goodbye to corporate America and somehow started their own path, whether it's a small business or a large business, but they have gone their own way one way or another. And I believe that success leaves clues. So if you listen to enough people tell their story, you're going to find a nugget here, a piece of information there, a theory or an idea on the other side, and you're going to be able to take those pieces and compile your own ladder so that you can put it against the right wall and climb to your levels of success. So today's going to be one of those episodes. I think we're going to have some fun with this episode. My guest is with us all the way from Ireland, although she actually lives in Los Angeles. She has uh, lived in the United States over 20 years, but I love the accent. And so uh, I thought I had to have her on the show uh, because it will be a delightful conversation. In addition to her wisdom, just listening to the Irish people talk is always fun. Uh, but before we get started, I have to thank one of the sponsors of this episode, and that is my friends over at Amplifier. So many of you offer physical products to your fans and customers, but dealing with the physical stuff and mailing it and all that, it's a pain and it takes away from your precious time. But the good people over at Amplifier, they blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you control. They can integrate with your e-commerce shop and help drive any giveaway campaigns that you have. They are great for large internet powerhouses as well as entrepreneurs who are just starting out. And remember, on-demand means no inventory risk. But as you grow, you can stock up on inventory and Amplifier will handle that for you as well. Go over to Amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today. So speaking of today, today's guest is Irene Turtle, and she is a person who helps executives and, and, and entrepreneurs. She coaches them to get to their success, but she started her career in HR, and I work with a lot of HR people in what I do, and I know that it, HR is really the lifeblood because they handle so much of what goes on inside a company, but at some point, she put that aside and started her own career, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Hey, Irene, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hi, Tom. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So why don't you tell everybody, who is Irene and what do you do? Well, I am a lot of different things, but what I do these days is uh, I coach, uh, I speak, and I do a lot of facilitation for workshops and retreats. And the coaching part is really uh, my, I suppose my passion. And when I, when I speak, I'm usually talking about helping entrepreneurs and executives build their leadership skills because, you know, having spent uh, a long time in recruiting and in the corporate world, mostly as a, an HR person, I saw a lot of great leadership and I saw 
a lot of horrible leadership. Yeah, that's that's the way we all of us who have worked, you know, put in our dues in corporate America. We've had the great bosses and we've had the horrible bosses. Yeah. And I think, you know, the higher up in HR you get, sometimes you feel like you need a bigger shovel um, because you have a front row seat and, and sometimes you can see behind the curtain. So I've always been fascinated by what makes people tick. Uh, not just leaders, but everybody. You know, why is one person great at, why is Tom such a great communicator on the podcast? Why is so-and-so a great influencer? Why is someone great at doing all that detailed work that I hate to do? So I've always been fascinated by that. So I, I have a real passion for helping people um, find out what they're passionate about and helping them get there. So how did you end up going from corporate, you know, the corporate world? How did you go from that into having your own business? How long ago did you do that? And what caused you to say, yeah, I'm done here. I'm going to go do my own thing. Well, I think, you know, I've always been, I always say in the people business, I've always, uh, you know, one of my great loves was when I was a recruiter, you know, finding the perfect person for that perfect job. And you make that connection and everybody's thrilled, the client's thrilled. The, the candidate's thrilled in it. I always said it was my drug of choice uh, <laughs> because it's, it's a great feeling when you are able to do that. And then I moved more into, I did a lot of consulting and I did more what we call traditional HR and there was succession planning and leadership and all that um, other things. And I, I started to realize there was a lot of what I did every day that I didn't enjoy. I actually didn't enjoy it at all. And I always loved the coaching, uh, the building relationships, the, you know, again, when it was recruiting, finding, because you can coach all you like if you don't have the right person in the, in the job. That's kind of where it all starts. And um, the last corporate job I had was in financial services. And you know where I'm going with this because in 2007, um, things started to unravel and, and I hung in there until probably the beginning of 2009 and um, I, you know, it, it's a little bit, it's not a little bit scary, it's a lot scary to start your own company, especially in the middle of the biggest recession that we've ever known, um, but I thought if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? Yeah, that's so, what happened. That's what happened to me. It was April first, two thousand nine, when I got laid off, and uh, yeah. you know, I, I'd love to say I never looked back. I, I looked back a lot, but I just kept going forward. But uh, so you've been doing this now for you know coming up on a decade. If you started in two thousand nine, so what is yeah. it that you love about this new world, this entrepreneurial shift that you took? Uh, I love working with entrepreneurs because you know one of my core values is risk taking, even though until. You know, until I really started going, until I went out on my own, I never really thought of myself as a risk taker, but I've always been. And um, so I love working with entrepreneurs because that's what they do. And I love working with people who are truly passionate about what they do. And I also work with a lot of people who don't know that yet. So helping them find that out is, it's just great helping people get out of their own way a lot of the time and helping them develop behaviors that are going to make them more successful is so gratifying and so rewarding 
that um, how could I do anything else, Tom? <laughs> so you never look back and think, oh, boy, I wish I had that old corporate job back. Oh, I've looked back many, many times, and I'll be very honest with you. Sometimes I've thought what I wouldn't give for that paycheck, but that's probably the only part I miss. And sometimes I miss the collaboration of working with, you know, a team of great people. But um, overall, there aren't enough probably zeros on that check to make me want to go back there, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, so you've been in the United States, this, this stint, you said, for 20 years, and you were here once yeah. before. What's the difference between entrepreneurship in America and maybe entrepreneurship in Ireland? Or maybe there's no difference. What, what do you see? I know you go back a lot because your mom is still there and you have family and friends. What do you see as the big, as the big differences? Well, I, I think it's changed quite a lot too over the last 20 or 30 years because there are so many regulations now in Europe with the EU. But so I think that's some of the difference. But I think... If you're an entrepreneur and if you're um, motivated to do something really exciting, um, you're going to find find a way wherever you are. Um, I mean, I travel a lot. I'm a world traveler. I love to travel. So I meet entrepreneurs all over the world. And I think what's exciting about these people, we are people, is that there's always going to find a way. But I know... Um, in Ireland now, I notice every time I go back, there are a lot of regulations and a lot of things. People tell me that if I worked over there, I couldn't do. Hmm. Um, and I, I always like to focus on what I can do rather than what I can't do. So I think that's probably one of the differences. But I think um, I'm always drawn to people who know what they are excited about and take the risk and are, are willing to go for it. So what type of regulations do they have that would stop someone from being a consultant or a coach? I don't understand what, how do you, how do you regulate that? That's a hard thing to, you know, that's a hard thing to stop. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, there are those people that say ask for uh, forgiveness, not for, for permission. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have a friend in London who uh, is a marketing consultant and she's always, you know, telling me, um, about all the things that she has to do, the financial regulations and all the other reporting regulations and things that we don't have to do here necessarily when you're getting started off. But to be honest, after a while, I stopped listening to her because it's too, it's just too negative and too, okay, well, maybe I won't move back there and start my practice. (laughs) (laughs) So if somebody wants to go off and start their own thing, or or, or maybe another recession comes along and they get pushed Mm -hmm. out and they're thinking about it now so they can sort of have a plan B in place, what advice would you have for somebody who, who wants to leave that corporate job to do their own thing? Well, I think, you know, obviously having a great idea is, is uh, very important, but I think, I think all, all, everything that I do is based on self-awareness. So the idea of, you know, being able to get up and work in your pajamas or, you know, not have a schedule sounds appealing when you can't do that, but knowing what you can do and what you can't do, what you're passionate about, what you hate to do, and figuring out 
you know, is that enough? Because there are so many things as a, a business owner, you know, uh, as a, even a solopreneur, which is what I am most of the time, so many things you have to do that you don't necessarily like to do and don't know how to do. So if yeah, I just finished my taxes and yeah. uh, I, I have a bookkeeper and I have an accountant, but there's still a lot of it that I have to do. And then they come back with the numbers and I cry myself to sleep uh, yeah. that I you know, have to pay yeah. so much in taxes. And, and I don't like doing the numbers. And I told my wife next year, she's going to have to do it with me because if I got hit by a bus, I don't know if she'd even know where to start. So uh, yeah, that's a nightmare. Some of the stuff we have to do. Yeah. Well, I think is, you know, it really, it, a lot of it, it comes down to money, unfortunately. You know, can you afford to do this wonderful idea that you have, bring it into fruition? What are you going to live on? How are you going to pay your rent? You know, some basic stuff like that. You know, is there, can, you, can you consult or be a freelance person doing what you really know how to do now and do the other thing at night or at the weekends or whatever? Because I think... Um, the biggest thing I see is that people just run out of money and then the passion isn't enough. So, you know, being aware of the money, but also being aware of where their real talents and strengths lie and what they love to do. And, you know, a few other things like, um, you know, what makes you happy? What does success mean to you? Because, that seems kind of obvious, right? But a lot of people, I mean, I have clients all the time when I ask that question, there's stony silence at the other end. And, you know, when you're 20, that, that's maybe um, the first time you've ever thought of that. But, you know, when you're 50 and you've just been laid off from your job of 30 years, it's maybe the first time you've ever thought of it as well. What, what does success mean? Does success mean making a million dollars every year? Does success mean, you know, paying your bills, but absolutely loving getting up every day and doing what you do? What makes you happy? Um, you know, seems kind of obvious, but a lot of people don't uh, necessarily think about it or, or plan for it, plan around it. Well, I mentor a young man and, and, you know, I keep asking him, what, what do you want to do? And he's 30, you know, about, and I go, you know, what do you want to do? And, and he, he, he keeps fighting answering the question because I think sometimes he thinks that if he picks one thing, that's the only path he can do. And it's like, you know, what, what a lot of people forget is that successful entrepreneurs, a lot of them fail and then a lot of, and, and you have to pivot. And so, you know, picking a lane does not mean that's your lane forever. It's just you get some momentum. And if it turns out you don't like it or you're not good at it or you don't want to do it, you can shift. It's much easier to pivot and shift lanes than to go from a dead stop forward. And so, you know, it is interesting when you said that, how many people can't answer that question, whether they're 20, 30, 50 or, or, or beyond. Yeah, and it's one of the things that, I find so fascinating, first of all, but also so um, exciting is to help people go on that journey. Um, because, I mean, if you don't know what success means to you and if you don't know what makes you happy, then it's sort of like, you know, I know you live in Austin. It's like saying, well, um, I'm going to Austin and I need 
I need you to tell me how to get there. But I'm going, well, why, why are you going to Austin? You know, what are you going to do there? What, what's, what's, what's the big deal about Austin? So if you don't know why you're going there, getting there, the how is actually the easy part. It's the why. Although that's a bad example because everyone knows why you come to Austin because well, it's awesome. Yes, I, was, I, I actually used the example of somewhere else uh, <laughs> that shall remain nameless uh, yesterday. But yeah, everybody wants to go to Austin, including me, Tom. That's right. That's right. Well, if you come, I'll show you where the good barbecue and the good tacos are. Okay, great. I look forward to that. <laughs> so coming out of HR, you obviously saw a lot of people who were successful in their careers and some people who weren't. And now that you've been coaching entrepreneurs, you see that a lot of people have amazing potential. You know, and we get sort of sidetracked in our lives in, in the society that we live in. We think, oh my gosh, Becky has so much potential. But potential is not a solution and potential doesn't equal results. So why do you think some people go farther across the gap between potential and results and achieve great things where other people fall into the gap and get stuck? What's that delta? Well, I think when you're talking about leaders or, or even individual contributors, you know, in the world that we live in, um, you know, in America or Western Europe, most people, their entire life from their, you know, very young, uh, once they get out of play school, everything is focused on how smart we are, our IQ, how well we do in exams, um, what's, you know, what university you go to, what your grades are. And most people get hired because of their IQ. And I think what makes them successful often in those, in their role, whatever that is, the IQ gets them hired, but the the EQ, the emotional intelligence, um, keeps them there and gets them another job and makes them successful. So not just when you're a leader, when you're, or when you're managing other people, but as an individual and, Again, it's, you know, for a lot of people who don't, you're probably going to ask me, what's emotional intelligence, Irene? And, you know, back in the, in the old days, um, you know, pre-1994 or something, it was what we called soft skills or people skills, our ability to relate to other people, our communication skills, our ability to influence our, you know, Impulse control. I worked in entertainment for a long time, so that's one I'm very familiar with. Hmm. And all sorts of other things. So I think that's the differential is, uh, you know, very few people, even when they work in a cube, you know, all night on their own, they still have to get along with somebody and communicate and work with other people. So for me, that is a lot of the differential. Hmm. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So I've got a few more questions for you, Irene, but first I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Irene Turtle. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Irene, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? 
Well, I, I'm a bit of a, I have to tell you, Tom, I'm a bit of a um, assessment junkie. So I love um, working with different assessments and I've worked with a ton of them from MBTI to DISC to all sorts of things. And I'm working with one right now. It's, it's based on the Gallup um, Strength Finders. It's a system called Core Clarity. And it really helps not only individuals, but especially teams um, see their talents uh, individually and collectively in color. Um, it's a wonderful system and it's, it's very exciting. So I'm adding, I've added that into my, my toolkit, you know, cause all coaches have a big toolkit. So, <laughs> and I'm doing a lot of speaking too, which I'm very excited about because um, again, when you uh, start your own business, as you know, it's not um, who you know, it's who knows you. <laughs> so it's getting out there and, and, you know, being able to tell more people about what you do and how you do it. Yeah, especially when you work in the world that, that you do or, or that I do. If, if, if people don't know who you are, you can't be on the short list. I, I do some business development work with law firms and other professionals. I'll go in and speak at their partner meetings or whatever. And I always talk about the fact that, you know, in the past, they've brought in all these people who try, try to teach them sales skills and this, and the lawyers kind of turn it out or the left-brained accountants, whoever it is, any, any professional person, they're like, blah, 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 I'm not in sales for a reason. But I always tell them that it's not about the sales. It's about getting on the short list. If you're not making that short list of the three people who, you know, the three firms that they're going to interview, it doesn't matter. You're never going to have a chance to win the business. So instead of focusing on how do I win the business, focus on how do I get on more short lists? Because I find that if somebody talks to me, if, the, if it's a corporation having a sales kickoff or if it's an association having a meeting and they talk to me, most of them decide I'm a good fit and they'll use me either that year or the following year. But if they don't talk to me, I can't win the business. So my whole goal is I have to get on the short list. And for a lot of us in roles like yours and mine, it's word of mouth. So you have to put yourself out there and let people know that, that you're a good choice to refer. So I, I, I think you're, you're right on to, to all that. Now, you've been doing a lot of speaking. Are you just speaking in the United States or you're such a global person? Do you speak around the world? Um, I've done one or two things, but mostly it's here. Mostly it's here in Southern California. I, I think I shared with you my secret goal is I want to speak in Ireland. <laughs> I, I, don't even well, care, I don't even care what they pay me as long as I don't lose money. Uh, my, my grandfather well, was born in, in, in County Mayo, and my grandmother was born somewhere in the center of Ireland. I'm not as familiar with the exact location, but uh, they both came here in the 1900s. But uh, I grew up in a big Irish family, and uh, I've been back and visited, but I've always thought that the grand thing for uh, uh, the grandson of a guy who had to liquidate uh, a farm after both his parents died and take his siblings – he was 16 – take his siblings who went down to age four – and go try to start over somewhere. I thought uh, that would be a pretty good thing to get to go back and speak in, in his home country. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, there's so much global business in Ireland now. There's so many tech companies, so many, um, you know, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals and biotech and everything that, uh, and a lot of conferences going on there now. So I don't think, Tom, that would be too difficult. <laughs> thing for you to accomplish one of these days well that's that's my, my my big goal so we'll see how we'll see if we can accomplish that so mm -hmm. so Irene I love to ask the people who come on the show who it is they admire because I think entrepreneurs are observers and I think to do a job like you do you're constantly observing both your clients but also other people out in the business world so when I ask in the entrepreneur sphere who do you think is doing cool stuff who comes to mind 
Well, you know, I, I c can give you sort of a bevy of names, you know, from Richard Branson all down, on the, all the way down. But I think the people I admire the most are people that you'll never have heard of. They're clients that I've worked with in the last couple of years. And if any of them are listening, uh, it'll be AJ and Derek and Shannon and... What I admire about them, you know, like I said before, is their, their, their willingness to just go for it and also taking those risks and above all else, you know, failing and getting up again. And I've been there when they failed and I've been there when they're, you know, bruised and, oh, I'm just going to go back to my old job and so on. And they don't and they keep going and they start something else. So I think I could give you a lot of the names out there, but I think um, those are the people that I admire the most because they're, they haven't, you know, they're not big names yet and maybe they never will be, but I just uh, admire them so much for their, their resiliency and their uh, tenacity and their risk-taking and their, you know, they're just, they're, um, courage. Well, hopefully AJ, Derek, and Sharon will listen to this so they know that you admire them that much. But I actually love it when people have answers like that. Uh, mm -hmm. We hear a lot of Elon Musk, but a lot of different reasons why. We hear a lot of Richard Branson, etc. But I love it when people have, you know, that they admire. I had someone one time talk about their dry cleaner and why they admired them. I think that stuff is, I think that's, I mean, that's what really makes this all work because most entrepreneurs are never going to be Richard Branson. And yeah. uh, most of are going to be out, uh, most of us are going to be out there, you know, fighting the good fight every day. So I think that is admirable. So so hello to those three if they listen. Uh, <laughs> my last question I ask everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think as entrepreneurs, making money is important, but I think we should find some way, even small, to leave our mark. Yeah. Well, I think I grew up in a family that was very, uh, you know, service oriented and. I do I do lay counseling now, so I work with people who can't afford to have a, a therapist. And it's not really therapy, it's it's ten sessions of um you know having someone to listen to them. But I think probably the most interesting thing I ever did to give back was when back um oh gosh, it's back in the time when AIDS was still a big scary um, notion, I decided I was going to work in that area. But I also wanted to do public speaking. So I decided to train to be an AIDS in the workplace facilitator. And that was probably one of the most uh, rewarding things I've ever done. But uh, hmm. I believe whatever you do, it's doing, doing something that you are passionate about just as just to do something good isn't enough. It has to feed your soul. And that's a little bit selfish, but that's okay. No, that, that, that's all right. And I love, both, I love all those examples. And I, and I love the fact where you said you're just someone that people can listen to. There was an article last year, uh, I think October of 17, in Harvard Business Review. And it was written by, and I'm going to probably mess up his name, Vivek Murthy, who is the former Surgeon General under President Obama. And he wrote an article about the epidemic of loneliness and mm -hmm. it's one of the most powerful articles I've read in a long, long time. I've read it a couple of times. And he talked about the fact that even with all the connectivity, with all the social media, with all the digital platforms that we have, 
people are feeling more alone than they ever have. So the fact that you're doing that for people is, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's so, um, but, you know, when you do that work, you realize, like you said, how many people don't have or don't feel they have someone they can talk to or someone who can listen. And it's not really about, like in coaching, we try and, and really focus on outcomes. And I think I always do that with them too. But it's not about trying to help them necessarily reach a goal, but process you know, their information or, or their uh, what's going on with them, whether it's grief or whether it's job loss or, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's, um, it's, I think it's, uh, I love doing it. And, and again, I think whatever you do as a, a service to others, you have to love doing it as well. And I didn't always think that and I didn't always enjoy it. So now that's, uh, that's something that's really important to me too. Yeah, well, I think that I think that's important. And like I said, there's this epidemic of loneliness out there. And if we can all just take a check a second to see people, in fact, there's a there's a hashtag I use once in a while on Twitter, hashtag see people. And I try to remind people that sometimes it's even the, the life of the party, the extrovert can be feeling very alone. It's not just the person who's who's mm-hmm. by themselves. So we have to pay attention to that. Well, Irene Turtle, this has been a f- delightful conversation. Do you have any last entrepreneurial nuggets of wisdom you want to share with the audience? I think, uh, you know, the only thing I would say is, you know, be true to yourself, you know, figure out what's, what makes you happy and uh, also uh, who you are, what your real talents are, because um, sometimes, often, we're told we should do something or we ought to do something or you're good at that, therefore you should do this. And listening to yourself and knowing yourself and trusting your gut and going for it even when everybody else tells you it's not such a great idea because the worst thing that will happen is that it won't work out, but at least you won't be sitting there 20 years later wondering whether you should have done it or not. God, I agree with that so much. I mean, I spent 20 years with my ladder against the wrong wall because I did what everybody told me I should do. So, Mm -hmm. and then then finally, accidentally, after getting laid off, I followed my own passion and I've had a lot more fun the last nine years. Yeah, great. Well, you just said it. I love that expression, ladder against the wrong wrong wall. I might have to steal that from you, Tom. It's not mine. I found it somewhere else. So Okay. So, and, you know, part of what I teach people when I do my seminars and my classes is, is that, you know, you constantly, no matter what you do, even if your ladder's against the right wall, you still have to be trying new things because we're not going to get different results if we keep putting in the same effort. So, you know, even if things are going well, you still should tweak it a little bit and go out and try some new things. My life is better because the last two years I've lived under this try new things mantra and I've tried all kinds of stuff that I wouldn't have done before or that might have scared me or whatever. And I think I'm a better person. I think I'm a better speaker. I think this podcast is better. So uh, I'm going to tell everybody as we leave to uh, try new things because that's how I kind of end the show. But before we end the show, if somebody listened to this and they're like, I've got to find this person, this Irene Turtle, how do I find her? How do they find you? Well, my website is turtleexecutivecoaching.com. Nice. Well, there you go. TurtleExecutiveCoaching.com is where everybody should go. You can send her a note via that and tell her if you enjoyed the show. And if you enjoyed the show, go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review because it just makes me happy when there's a new review. So go do that. And then on top of that, 
tune in and listen to more shows. You can go backwards and listen to over 400 shows. You can come back every Tuesday and Thursday and listen to the new shows. If you like the show, go tell your friends. Most people find this show because somebody told them to check out an episode. So if this is your first time, please come back. I say it every episode. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. So I'm going to challenge you. Go out there and try something new today. And while you're at it, have a fantastic, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.